if the wetlands uh, vanishes 15, 20 years from now, which is kind of at the rate that we are going, doesn't matter what we do to protect the Amazon. Uh, it will be like the main drive to destroy the Amazon by itself. to another episode of Save Our Planet. I'm your host, Stephanie Septon. In our last episode, I interviewed Creta Kengang, a prominent indigenous leader and activist from Brazil. This episode is the second in a two-part interview featuring the work of APIP, the Articulation of Indigenous Peoples of Brazil. Joining us today is Tiago Amaral, who will be discussing more about the impact of international corporations and governments on the environment and indigenous rights in Brazil. Tiago, you work as the international advisor for APIP, and it seems that, to my understanding, APIP has just launched a report dealing the complicity of global corporations and contributing to environmental destruction and violations of indigenous rights. Could you tell us a little bit about that report? Uh, what is the role of global corporations in Brazilian affairs? Uh, regarding Regarding this report specifically, uh, we just launched uh, with um, Amazon Watch and the PB. So both of our organizations were working for uh, almost a year into into um, getting all the correct informations and uh, looking into specifics of several different markets and uh, really doing the digging and uh, and uh, the research that is needed to put something like that. It's important to to say it out loud uh, because we are framing uh, major uh, corporations in the U.S., in Europe, uh, and also in Brazil, as well as uh, investment funds that are uh, directly correlated with um, major infrastructure sectors and basic utilities, I would say, such as energy and stuff. What we found is that uh, most of these uh, companies, um, they have been for the past, um, I would say, recent years, five, maybe more, trying to become greener and greener. But uh, that did not change uh, their position on how to tackle the markets and the supply chains and all the kind of uh, the spillover effect that uh, they entice on the um, on the environment and uh, over indigenous territories and hence disturbing uh, indigenous rights and, indig and uh, human rights uh, at the same time. In a sense, those companies are financing deforestation in Brazil and pushing uh, land invasion, loggers, ranchers, and so forth. What is also important to note is that uh, these kind of companies, they have pretty strong lobbies within Brazilian Congress, European parliaments, and uh, also in the U.S. Congress as well. So uh, they are pretty powerful in, in what they do, and that they, they do come back and forth with a lot of cash uh, for every single operation. So definitely one of those reports that we are proud of putting out, of putting out um, explains a lot how this relationship with the markets and the private sector can... Um, in the end, uh, ended up uh, hindering 
the environment, uh, even in less obvious ways. I think this is this is very important, and they try to understand for the general public as well and the press uh, all over the world that um, we have to be even uh, stronger when demanding actions when it comes to the environment and uh, the original uh, people across the globe, not only Brazil. Now, you mentioned that these international corporations, they have very strong lobbies in different governments worldwide. I've had previous discussions with people saying a similar thing, um, but they also mentioned that some of these corporations, they invest in deforestation and different businesses under the rhetoric of development and progress, like it's a positive thing for the country economically. Do you know if the same thing is happening here? Like in other situations, they even convince development banks to finance these projects. Is that sort of level of corruption or rhetoric also taking place? Uh, for sure. Uh, I would say that's uh, the main rhetoric that uh, we've, we've, we have been seeing um, in Europe and they're starting to get kind of a, a more traction also in the US and uh, definitely something that so will hit Brazil as soon or later. It's the idea of uh, the traceability of the supply chains, which seems a good way to curb what it just described. In a sense, uh, companies understood that uh, they could play with rhetorics and uh, they could play with different narratives uh, of what they could do into, into replacing all several or minor uh, actions that uh, in the end, they weren't good enough to, to keep complex biomes standing. But so they, they were still uh, getting much out of it. Uh, as you said, like a developed banks and uh, several different kind of uh, investments, even subsidies from the government, with everyone pretty happy with the, the narrative that was being sold to the general public, being, uh, becoming like a, a we are uh, a greener initiative. So the government is supporting greener initiatives. But in the end, what we saw uh, was very shallow actions that uh, couldn't curb the rate of uh, uh, biome destruction that uh, we are seeing into, into the past, I would say two decades, that uh, goes toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with uh, uh, climate change as well. So in a sense, uh, yes, but uh, what I was trying to say is that uh, this kind of a general perception is fading away and uh, probably the way to replace it or hopefully the way to replace it is to, is to enact very strong legislation and regulatory boundaries on traceability laws that could foster technology that would make uh, harder people to, to use illegal lands in Brazil, which is the place that I can say almost, but to, to, to curb illegal mining, illegal deforestation. And uh, so use the advantage that so we are already have with technology into actually creating a proper place that's a respect the environment. We are not even closed yet. One side note on that to, to kind of bring a good perspective, France enacted by the end of last year, uh, I think it was in November, a new law that uh, allowed French companies to be punished on, on French soil by uh, actions that uh, they made outside of France regarding the environment. And uh, there is a process going on with Casino, a major corporation for France, that uh, goes exactly into that and it goes into the idea of traceabilities of the supply chain and all and so forth. So uh, we are still in the early st stages, 
but uh, certainly uh, something that um, we as a PB and um, uh, other different civil society organizations in Brazil and um, in Europe as well have been uh, trading some information and talking extensively on how can we further develop this kind of a regulation. That's great to hear. So current data suggests that Brazil is experiencing its worst rash of fires in 10 years at least. Uh, Western media is bombarding us with images of the Amazon on fire. Can you talk a little bit about what is actually happening on the ground, how accurate those perceptions are? Oof, yes. Our country and the whole planet is getting warmer and warmer. We, we can see in Brazil specifically the average temperature every single year increasing. And that means in our winter, when the, when the drought uh, uh, season comes, we are having extensive, like more areas uh, that, are, that are being affected by this drought and also more intensively. So even other places that um, were entering water aeration and all this kind of a, a little common things in the countryside of Brazil, they were facing already for the past two or three or four years a harsher situation. You combine this, this warmer climate with Bolsonaro's government and uh, you have a catastrophic combination. For instance, Bolsonaro uh, diminished under his uh, Ministry of the Environment, uh, Ricardo Salles. They both diminished the resource allocation to, to the ministry and uh, to to fire prevention. On, to illustrate it, in May, which is one month prior, the drought season really gets here, and the fires will start in August for us. So there is this idea that um, if you plan correctly in May, you can avoid a big fire in, in August and September. In May this year, the teams of firefighters all across the country were significantly diminished the, the, the size, uh, the resources, like uh, the, the, the airplanes, uh, helicopters, and all, and all this basic infrastructure on how to tackle it. Added to that, uh, Bolsonaro is strongly backed by the, by the ranchers and, uh, and by the soybean producers. And uh, there is no easier way to make money than uh, simply grab new huge portions of land out of fires in the end once the fires goes out you have like the perfect for the next year you have the perfect place to to harvest and according to brazilian law if you stay within this um this new uh, farmland for for a period of time uh, you can claim it to your own so uh, it's cheap it's effective and um it boosts our main sector of the economy. So when, we, when you add all of that together and uh, with Bolsonaro constantly pushing out the idea of, yeah, we should make, we should be the barn of the world. We should feed the world and all this kind of stuff. So we have to move on. We have to produce more and all this kind of stuff. Uh, he's, he's giving a, um, a green light to to man-made fires into the worst time of the year. The combination of it all culminates in an awful scenario. We talk a lot about uh, the Amazon, but it's very important, important to note that the Amazon covers almost 40% of Brazil, 
And uh, the Amazon that burns is what we call uh, the agriculture uh, frontier. That is, if you cut kind of a Brazil in three pieces, is it's it's like on the north face, like a, right on the frontier on the north face. So it's, it is this frontier that is uh, burning significantly. The bad thing is uh, that uh, these this farmlands on this frontier also makes a frontier with the Cerrado biome and the wetlands biome. So uh, I know that uh, internationally, Amazon, it's the one that gets uh, all the attention. But uh, when we are saying about the fires, we always have involved the three major biomes altogether. So uh, the strategy this year is, is by far one of those that uh, we will remember for a long time uh, in Brazil as uh, one of the worst years ever uh, regarding the fire, the fire season. Yeah, so you mentioned that is in Western media, there's this focus and this attention to the lungs of the planet, the Amazon, but clearly there are other areas that are very much affected by this too. It, are they just as important to protect as the Amazon? There's so much focus on the Amazon, but these other areas, what, what importance do they have? I had the chance of traveling to the wetlands, uh, which was actually this year the most affected biome and uh, to see what was the, the situation with my own eyes. Before diving into how was the experience of that, we as Brazilians kind of became experts on, on how this whole environmental chain happens. So the Amazon kind of um, gets together and um, aggregates uh, what we call hover rivers, but like a rivers that are beyond the forest. And uh, these are the, the rivers that uh, will spread uh, uh, water and, um, and life to the rest of the biomes in, in South America, in North America, and so forth. With the, 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 the significant destruction last year uh, on the agricultural border in the Amazon and on wetlands, particular key part of, of that conjunction, like uh, these three biomes they almost touch themselves uh, in, a, in a particular state of Brazil, which is called the Mato Grosso. And uh, particularly the Amazon and the wetlands, there was such a destruction last year that uh, this, this, this place that, it, that has almost like the size of Spain has become almost a desert. And the implication of this desert, of this newborn desert, and these ear fires on the wetlands were brutal. So we are expecting an even harsher fire season on the wetlands for next year because it, it's kind of a vicious cycle. As you keep destructing, you keep putting barriers on how this, this whole uh, rover rivers should uh, uh, flow to one side to another. The situation gets dire and dire uh, by the year. There is, there is no choice of like, a, yeah, let's save the Amazon. <laughs> If, if the wetlands, which is in an area way smaller than, uh, than the Amazon, if the wetlands uh, vanishes 15, 20 years from now, which is kind of at the rate that we are going, doesn't matter what we do to protect the Amazon. Uh, it will be like a, the main drive to destroy the Amazon by itself. So we have to account for every single biome. And uh, of course, that also goes for forests in Indonesia, for forests in every single place. If, if we simply 
choose one forest to be our, our dearest, we are doomed. On a personal note, going there into the wetlands, it is very hard to imagine to, to drive a car for miles and miles and miles, and uh, all you see from like to each side that you look uh, in the car is completely a dry and burnt space. There is this, like a, the, the smoke becomes so thick that uh, you cannot even see the sun. The air that you breathe, like a kind of a goes into your throat. The experience itself, it's, it's pretty harsh. There is this macro understanding, but also being in person in them, it is a tragedy in a level that's uh, we got to remember. It, it is very hard to imagine the full scale of it just through pictures, through BBC reports or things like that. You kind of have alluded to this a bit already, but what do you think, A, the Brazilian government needs to do to change and the international community? Ooh, okay, so that's an that's important one. First of all, we have to bear in mind that uh, this Brazilian government is completely against the environment. Um, one thing that is important to notice is that uh, Brazil, prior Bolsonaro, uh, was already one of the leaders on uh, protecting the environment. And uh, so we have established a very good standard on how to do it. Of course, we can add more technology, we can add uh, several different things. But so right now, the Brazilian government should first penalize uh, ranchers and, uh, and the soy producers for uh, deforestation on illegal lands. We know how to do it. Uh, there is lack of political will in how to do it. The government should reinstate the feasibility or the workability of the environmental and indigenous agencies again. What I mean about that, this government uh, willingly destroyed the functioning of these agencies. There were um, monitoring, firefighting, caring about indigenous communities. So a lot of different actions. Uh, these agencies were completely dismantled. They are still there as a facade, uh, but uh, all the people that used to work there were uh, exonerated, exonerated uh, and, um, and so forth. So this is crucial. Uh, this, these agencies need to be working again, pro the environment. Uh, another step um, into that is to allow, again, social organizations, um, the civic social organizations, into the discussion again. In Brazil, we have established uh, councils for the environment uh, and uh, for indigenous rights and uh, for the people of the forest rights as well. This council particularly um, had a major uh, composition from civil society organizations. What Bolsonaro did as soon as he took power was to mingle uh, this, this council with practically no more civil society participation into it. So there is only the voice of the government within this council. And those that come from the society are actually from the military or military police. So they have no relation at all with the topic. The, the outcome is, of course, disastrous. A couple more actions. Actually, three. One of them is to go and uh, establish a comprehensive regulatory 
framework for the traceability of the supply chain. The other one, we do have a forest code. It is like a, oh gosh, what the hell are we doing with our country? Because we have an amazing forest code uh, with, so, so like the laws are there to be used uh, and, um, and, and the forest code uh, can, can impose that products being beef or soybeans or minerals being produced by illegal action or in illegal lands could be completely confiscated by the government. And the final one that is much dear to, to the indigenous populations and to, to the indigenous people is to restart again the um, demarcation of uh, indigenous territories. So there are several, several different territories that have been uh, for the past uh, five to six years that have been through all the regulation and specifics around of approval uh, to be homologated as indigenous lands that only they are only pending the signature of the president. And of course, since he took, he took office in January 2019, he did not move forward. To finish it, the international community, I guess there are two different aspects. For governments, uh, they should be putting pressure on Brazil in any kind of um, trade deal or whatever deal or whatever uh, um, position that uh, foreign governments have into leveraging their positions with Brazil, they should be using this leverage for putting pressure on these points that I have already told you. These points are very, in a sense, easy to make it happen. They are not like going crazy. We are inventing the wheel and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's very pragmatical and practical. Um, and uh, most importantly, they did not interfere with Brazilian sovereignty. They are all according to Brazilian law already. So the idea is foreign governments, please use your leverage to put this uh, Bolsonaro government against the wall and take very serious actions uh, towards the environment and uh, indigenous people. The second piece is for the regular citizen that is away uh, from Brazil, but is still is preoccupied with that. It's important to, to, to like really dig uh, on what you are buying on the shelves of your own supermarket. You could be in China, you could be in Germany, in Netherlands or in Canada. Um, there are Brazilian products going over there. There are pretty good products from Brazil going where with uh, green initiatives um, that, are, that are getting now to the markets. And uh, those that are completely being uh, affected by the, um, the extractive industry. I'm definitely going to share with you uh, the report uh, so, so you can link it to this podcast so people can know what are the companies and uh, what are the funds that are involved into environmental destruction. But also bear in mind every single, and uh, I, I don't only say about that Brazil, every single thing that you're going to buy it could be your soy milk, it could be your, your beef for the weekend, whatever it is. If it is agricultural and beef-based somehow and meat-based somehow, do dig into where are you buying from because this impacts completely the way that um, your own uh, temperature on the world will be in a very few uh, uh, time from now. 
Thank you so much. We will definitely link um, your website as well as the report so our listeners can, can learn more about that. Is there any last word or thought that you'd like to leave the listeners with? It is a very tense life to be indigenous in Brazil. And also every single go to the supermarket, be aware. Uh, you are being part of it for sure. This advice from Tiago Amaral. If you would like to get involved or learn more about the work of APIB and People's Planet Project, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for joining us on this two-part series about Brazil. I'm your host, Stephanie Septom, and I look forward to joining you on our next episode of Save Our Planet.